For six generations, the Jones family has been providing high-quality meats. And now, we're providing treats for the best member of your family, man's best friend, aka the goodest boys and girls. Jones Natural Shoes makes bones and treats that are sure to be savored by your dog and are made from the best natural ingredients available. Our flavorful chews are made from natural animal parts and will have your puppy drooling with happiness. From treats like sticks and chews to savory bones and patties, we've got you covered for finding the perfect reward for that special pup in your life. Jones Natural Chews come in all sizes, so make sure to choose the right treat for your pup. And remember, it's important to be supervising your pup when they're enjoying their treats to keep your puppy safe. Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you. Or visit jonesnaturalchews.com to get started with our store locator tool. That's Jones Natural Chews, available at a pet store near you. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Jackie Moranti host of Cause of Death on the DarkCast Network. On my show, we usually discuss war, death, destruction, and disease. And, as you can imagine, my tastes are a bit on the dark side. So when I shop for unique novelties and gifts, I always keep an eye out for something a little out of the ordinary. That's why I shop at Batwings and Butterflies. Batwings and Butterflies is an independent, creator-owned, and operated boutique of handmade knit creations that run the gamut from the wild side to the dark side. Here, you'll find knit toys and stuffies like baby baphomets and giant tarantulas, household knits like blankets, doilies, and water pipe cozies. Every item is an original work of art, handmade with love by a talented artisan. Order your one-of-a-kind creations today. Find Batwings and Butterflies at batwingsandbutterflies.bigcartel.com or on Instagram at batwingsandbutterflies. My favorite product is the giant tarantula. The perfect thing for cold nights in the New Mexico desert. After all, eight arms are much better than just two. It's the perfect snuggle while listening to Cause of Death. Available wherever you listen to podcasts and on the DarkCast Network. Do you like listening to stories about serial killers? Unsolved mysteries? How about a cult or two? And what about those lesser known serial killers? Or how about the legend of a cryptid that will surely keep you up at night? And I know you'll love a good conspiracy theory because who doesn't? Join me, Kayla, as my co-host Lexi and I tell you stories that will keep you coming back for more on our show, A Little Wicked. You can find A Little Wicked on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere else you can find podcasts. Check out our website, alittlewickedpodcast.webador.com, and our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all under, you guessed it, A Little Wicked. We can't wait to tell you our stories.
Darkcast Network. Come on over to the dark side. We're really nice people once you get past the true crime and scary science. Welcome to Cause of Death, 100 Seconds to Midnight. I'm your host, Jackie Moranti. I'm a lab rat, and I've been a lab rat for 16 years now. I study infectious disease, chemical warfare, and the effects that these things have on communities. I have a Bachelor's of Science degree from Colorado State University in Microbiology, Immunology, and Virology. I do this show to bring science to everyone through the lens of history and my personal experience in the lab. You really do need to know. The time on the doomsday clock held steady from 2020 to 2022. For two years, the time was 100 seconds to midnight. On January 24th, 2023, the hands of the clock moved again, closer to doomsday than they had ever been. Now, it's 90 seconds to midnight. For the very first time, the announcement was made in Ukrainian and Russia. If you'd like to hear the announcement, I put it in the show notes. No, I'm not going to change the name of the show. I've got too much money invested in merch and marketing to change the name now. Several events over the last few years were cited as the harbingers of impending doom. But first and foremost on the minds of the Science and Security Board was Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the increased risk of nuclear escalation. Climate change, the breakdown of norms and institutions needed to address biological threats, misinformation campaigns, and disruptive AI technology were all called out as other reasons that the clock moved closer to doomsday. 2023 marked the 76th year since the introduction of the doomsday clock in 1947. The clock is a reminder of the man-made perils that make the world a dangerous place. When it was introduced, the biggest threat to humanity was nuclear warfare. But since its inception, the threats have changed and grown to include disruptive technology, misinformation campaigns, biological threats, and climate change. A lot has happened in 76 years. I talk about all of it in an earlier episode on the history of the Doomsday Clock. I encourage you all to go back and listen to that. For now, let's talk about the current events that drove the change. Vladimir Putin has been threatening to nuke anyone and everyone who gets in the way while he's trying to decimate Ukraine. The Science and Security Board had been keeping an eye on Russia since 2021. There were signs that Russia may invade Ukraine, and the board was watching the progress. In their 2021 announcement, the board spoke of the threat from Russia to Ukraine. Less than a year later, it happened. Putin's grumbled threats and discontent with Ukraine's idea to become part of NATO had driven him to command military exercises at the Ukraine border. Putin had become increasingly unpredictable over the last several years. The board saw this, and they were expecting something to happen in Ukraine. Over the past year, Putin has put the idea forth several times that nuclear war is imminent. He's not afraid to push the button and end it all. He somehow thinks that he's going to survive and the world will go on after he makes that fatal final decision. 
He's Bert the Turtle. Dum dum, little dum dum, little dum dum, little dum dum. There was a turtle by the name of Bert, and Bert the Turtle was very alert. When danger threatened him, he never got hurt. He knew just what to do. He ducked and covered, ducked and covered. He did what we all must learn to do. Let's talk about this for a minute or two. The Cold War began after the United States bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki in August of 1945. 140,000 people died in Hiroshima. 74,000 died in Nagasaki. Many were literally vaporized. The bomb that exploded over Nagasaki caused ground temperatures to rise to 4,000 degrees Celsius and radioactive rain poured from the sky. Many who survived would suffer leukemia and cancer for years after surviving the initial attack. The blast in both cities wrought total destruction for 1.3 kilometers from the point of impact. 30% of immediate fatalities were people who had received lethal doses of direct radiation. These people died in the firestorm before their injuries became apparent. I'm going to read a story about the bombing of Hiroshima directly from the Manhattan Project website. If you'd like to read more on the development of atomic weapons, the link is in the show notes. In the early morning hours of August 6, 1945, a B-29 bomber named Enola Gay took off from the island of Tinian and headed north by northwest toward Japan. The bomber's primary target was the city of Hiroshima, located on the deltas of southwestern Honshu Island, facing the Inland Sea. Hiroshima had a civilian population of about 300,000 and was an important military center containing about 43,000 soldiers. The bomber, piloted by the commander of the 509th Composite Group, Colonel Paul Tibbetts flew at low altitude on automatic pilot before climbing to 31,000 feet as it neared the target area. At approximately 8.15 a.m. Hiroshima time, the Enola Gay released Little Boy, its 9,700-pound uranium gun-type bomb, over the city. Tibbetts immediately dove away to avoid the anticipated shockwave. Forty-three seconds later, a huge explosion lit the morning sky as Little Boy detonated 1,900 feet above the city, directly over a parade field where soldiers of the Japanese 2nd Army were doing calisthenics. Though already 11 and a half miles away, the Enola Gay was rocked by the blast. At first, Tibbetts thought he was taking flak. After a second shockwave reflected from the ground, hit the plane, the crew looked back at Hiroshima. Quote, the city was hidden by that awful cloud, boiling up, mushrooming, terrible and incredibly tall, end quote, Tibbetts recalled. The yield of the explosion was later estimated at 15 kilotons, the equivalent of 15,000 tons of TNT. 
on the ground moments before the blast, it was a calm and sunny Monday morning. An air raid alert from earlier that morning had been called off after only a solitary aircraft was seen. It was a weather plane. And by 8.15, the city was alive with activity. Soldiers doing their morning calisthenics, commuters on foot or on bicycles, groups of women and children working outside to clear fire breaks. Those closest to the explosion died instantly. Their bodies turned to black char. Nearby, birds burst into flames in midair, and dry combustible materials such as paper instantly ignited as far away as 6,400 feet from ground zero. The white light acted as a giant flashbulb, burning the dark patterns of clothing onto the skin and the shadows of bodies into the walls. Survivors outdoors close to the blast generally describe a literally blinding light combined with a sudden and overwhelming wave of heat. The effects of radiation were usually not immediately apparent. The blast wave followed almost instantly for those close in, often knocking them off their feet. Those that were indoors were usually spared from the flash burns, but flying glass from broken windows filled most rooms, and all but the very strongest structures collapsed. One boy was blown through the windows of his house and across the street as the house collapsed behind him. Within minutes, nine out of ten people half a mile or less from ground zero were dead. People farther from the point of detonation experienced first the flash and heat, followed seconds later by a deafening boom and the blast wave. Nearly every structure within one mile of ground zero was destroyed, and almost every building within three miles was damaged. Less than 10% of the buildings in the city survived without any damage and the blast wave shattered glass in suburbs 12 miles away. The most common reaction of those that were indoors even miles away from ground zero was that their building had just suffered a direct hit by a bomb. Small ad hoc rescue parties soon began to operate, but roughly half of the city's population was dead or injured. In those areas most seriously affected, virtually no one escaped serious injury. The numerous small fires that erupted simultaneously all around the city soon merged into one large firestorm, creating extremely strong winds that blew towards the center of the fire. The firestorm eventually engulfed 4.4 square miles of the city, killing anyone who had not escaped in the first minutes after the attack. One post-war study of the victims of Hiroshima found that less than 4.5% of survivors suffered leg fractures. Such injuries were not uncommon. It was just that most who could not walk were engulfed by the firestorm. Even after the flames subsided, relief from the outside was slow in coming. For hours after the attack, the Japanese government did not even know for sure what had happened. Radio and telegraph communications with Hiroshima had suddenly ended at 8.16 a.m., and vague reports of some sort of large explosion had begun to filter in. But the Japanese high command knew that no large-scale air raid had taken place over the city, and that there were no large stores of explosives there. Eventually, a Japanese staff officer was dispatched by plane to survey the city from overhead. And while he was still nearly 100 miles away from the city, 
He began to report on a huge cloud of smoke that hung over it. The first confirmation of exactly what had happened came to the city 16 hours later with the announcement of the bombing by the United States. Relief workers from outside the city eventually began to arrive and the situation stabilized somewhat. Power in undamaged areas of the city was even restored on August 7th, with limited rail services resuming the following day. Several days after the blast, however, medical staff began to recognize the first symptoms of radiation sickness among the survivors. Soon, the death rate actually began to climb again as patients who had appeared to be recovering began suffering from this strange new illness. Deaths from radiation sickness did not peak until three to four weeks after the attacks and did not appear to taper off until seven to eight weeks after the attack. Long-range health dangers associated with radiation exposure, such as an increased danger of cancer, would linger for the rest of the victims' lives, as would the psychological effects of the attack. No one will ever know for certain how many died as a result of the attack on Hiroshima. Some 70,000 people probably died as a result of initial blast, heat, and radiation effects. This included about 20 American airmen being held prisoners in the city. By the end of 1945, because of the lingering effects of radioactive fallout and other after effects, the Hiroshima death toll was probably over 100,000. The five-year death total may have reached or even exceeded 200,000 as cancer and other long-term effects took hold. At 11 a.m. August 6th, Washington, D.C. time, Radio stations began playing a prepared statement from President Truman informing the American public that the United States had dropped an entirely new type of bomb on the Japanese city of Hiroshima, an atomic bomb. Truman warned that if Japan still refused to surrender unconditionally, as demanded by the Potsdam Declaration of July 26th, the United States would attack additional targets with equally devastating results. Two days later, on August 8th, the Soviet Union declared war on Japan and attacked Japanese forces in Manchuria, ending the American hopes that the war would end before Russian entry into the Pacific theater. By August 9th, American aircraft were showering leaflets all over Japan, informing the people that, quote, we are in possession of the most destructive explosive ever devised by man. A single one of our newly developed atomic bombs is actually the equivalent in explosive power to what 2,000 of our giant B-29s can carry on a single mission. This awful fact is one for you to ponder, and we solemnly assure you it is grimly accurate. We have just begun to use this weapon against your homeland. If you still have any doubt, make inquiry as to what happened to Hiroshima when just one atomic bomb fell on that city, end quote. Meanwhile, Tibbet's bomber group was simply waiting for the weather to clear in order to drop its next bomb, the plutonium implosion weapon nicknamed Fat Man, that was destined for the city of Nagasaki.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The weapon known as Fat Man was 40% more powerful than the weapon called Little Boy that was dropped on Hiroshima. That bomb would wreak just as much destruction. The landscape around Nagasaki contained the blast and kept the destruction from spreading farther from the city. After the bombs fell and the annihilation was processed, the world began to realize what they had on their hands. It was the worst kind of warfare but it was the most efficient for doing what wars do, killing people on a mass scale. The horrors of Hiroshima and Nagasaki brought awareness to scientists, researchers, and governments that these weapons should never be used again. And this idea gave rise to the Cold War. Maybe they shouldn't be used, but they still had to be built, armed, and pointed at one another so that the threat of nuclear war would always be there. As more and more countries developed the technology and the bombs got bigger and bigger, the war got colder and colder, and more targets were X'd out on the map. For those of us who were children during the Cold War, we remember bomb drills. We were told to get under the desks and hunker down with our arms over our heads. Or we were led to hallways where we lined up against lockers with our heads and our laps holding our books over our heads. People built bomb shelters in their backyards or basements. They stockpiled food, water, and other supplies, much like the preppers of today. It seems there's a competition to see who can survive the longest before coming up for air. These are all exercises in futility. People do them to make themselves feel better. But no one is going to survive a ground zero nuclear attack, not for the long haul. It's estimated that if a weapon roughly the same tonnage as Little Boy were dropped today, the effects may be felt 25 miles away downwind. The radiation would stay in the air for up to five weeks, and the backlash would last for years in the form of cancer, birth defects, and other radiation-associated diseases. Now, 30 years after treaties were signed and everyone celebrated the end of the nuclear threat, Here we are, back at ground zero, with a man who's not known for mental stability with his finger on the trigger, who recently began encouraging countries that are a part of the EU to stockpile medicines that could cure radiation sickness in the wake of a nuclear event. That is not super encouraging. Closely behind the concerns of disaster were disruptive technologies. 
This could play a huge part in whether or not nuclear war is imminent. Disruptive technology is defined as, quote, an innovation that significantly alters the way that consumers, industries, or businesses operate. A disruptive technology sweeps away the systems or habits it replaces because it has attributes that are recognizably superior, end quote. Historically, cars, electricity, and television were considered disruptive technologies. More recently, rideshare apps, e-commerce, online news, and GPS systems joined the ranks. Now, none of this sounds bad, right? We all binge Netflix. We use Airbnb. We Google map our way somewhere, right? I'm guilty. But are these technologies really harmless? I'll talk about it in depth in a future episode, but let's think about this for now. Many of our missiles are triggered by artificial intelligence. No one really has to push a button. They just have to give the order. And if the order is given accidentally, say through a code word or phrase, the AI technology could trigger the weapon. Accidents happen, and that could be a fatal one. It's also a very real concern when we think about war. If we look back at past wars, how many were won or lost by happenstance? Take a deep dive into the American Revolution or World War I, and you'll see that things could have turned on a dime if someone hadn't made a fatal mistake on the losing side. Misinformation campaigns are also of a grave concern currently. We're acting like children on a playground. We get our news from unreliable sources, and we don't bother to think about what we're consuming. We don't ask the important questions, and most of us don't ask questions at all. Disruptive technology is all over social media and the news media. They can tell people whatever they want to hear, and the moral majority will believe it. We need to start poking holes in the things we hear on the news. The stuff we get on social media is a sieve. We don't even need to poke holes in that. The holes are already there. Misinformation is dangerous, especially in the world we live in now. Misinformation causes panic, fear, violence, and division. And this use of AI causes all sorts of crazy. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Then we come to my specialty, biothreads. We are surrounded by microbes. Some of them are benign. 
but others are terrifying. If you listen to this podcast long enough, you'll hear about diseases that are common, and you'll know how to avoid them. But what about novel diseases? COVID-19 came out of nowhere, and it became a real threat in less than a year. It changed the way we live. There are other diseases out there that we haven't even seen yet, and they could be introduced at any time with the rise in population spreading to places that had once been wild. There are things out there that we haven't even heard of yet. And there are things we have heard of. There's been a rise in diseases that the general public thought had been eradicated. And just a heads up, the only disease that's been truly eradicated in nature is smallpox. There are others that could become extinct in the next few years, but the only one right now is smallpox. Polio recently reared its ugly head in New York. It was found in the water supply. And then monkeypox showed up globally. There are outbreaks of measles, mumps, and rubella in places where people don't vaccinate. And these are concerns for everyone. Vaccination doesn't just protect you. It protects those around you. Then there is always the threat of biological or chemical warfare. Sarin, mustard gas, anthrax, Rift Valley fever. Biological warfare is harder to employ, but it can be done. Water supplies, food supplies, even the air we breathe could become a weapon of mass destruction. These things don't just affect our health. They affect our economy and our food supply. The avian flu outbreak has caused the price of eggs and chicken to almost triple. The war in Ukraine has caused fuel prices to rise. Each one of these subjects will have an episode on the podcast. But for now, I'm talking about why we stand at 90 seconds to midnight. Why the Board of Atomic Scientists chose to move the clock closer. The doomsday clock isn't meant as something that brings us down or predicts our last moments on Earth. It's meant as a precursor to discourse. It's meant to make us think about the world around us and the ways we can get involved to make it a better place, a safer place for everyone. Everyone can do something. Reduce food waste, compost, encourage your local leaders to promote work-at-home programs, encourage world leaders to stop misinformation campaigns, encourage researchers to promote AI technology that's actually helpful and not hurtful. Now is definitely the time to encourage world leaders to end the arms race. Humanitarians and the military know that war kills civilians as well as soldiers. We need to encourage world leaders to stop and think, and to slow down and consider. I really don't know if we can stop the clock from ticking down, but I know we can try. We can all raise our voices and make small changes in our own lives to turn the clock back. It's come down to the average person, you and me, to start the ball rolling and turn the tide. We can do this if we all work together, but we have to start now. Get involved with local politics. Start that discussion with your neighbor. Write your congressman. Look around your community and encourage change. Do all these things mindfully. Think before you talk. 
and be respectful of one another. Listen to the arguments of the opposition and know that they deserve to be heard. It doesn't matter whether you think they're right. People respond in more positive ways when they feel that their opinions are valued. We'll talk more about the Board of Atomic Scientists, misinformation campaigns, disruptive technology, and bioterrorism as time goes by. We don't have much time, but we do have time. It's 90 seconds to midnight, and the global effort to move the clock backward begins with you and me. Thank you for listening to Cause of Death 100 Seconds to Midnight. Please take a look at the show notes for more information on atomic weapons, bioterrorism, misinformation campaigns, and the board of the atomic scientists. If you'd like to contact me, I can be reached through my website at www.causeofdeath100sex.net or by email at jackie at causeofdeath100sex.net. My website is a great way to interact. You can leave a message, leave a voicemail, join my mailing list, and comment on my blog. You can also reach me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, where you can comment on my posts and hear what's coming up next. I've got several cute little critters who are the faces of Cause of Death on TikTok, including my co-producer, Sweet Pea. Go take a look at what's coming up and start or join a conversation. There are links in the show notes for ways you can support the show. My Patreon link is there, and you can also subscribe on Apple subscriptions. I'm going to be putting up some bonus content on the chemical compounds in alcohol during prohibition and doing a little comparison to some of the legal drugs that were sold a few years ago. I'll see you in two weeks when I'll talk about the third disease in season five, restaurant rose, and that will be on salmonella. Until then, be safe and join some positive discourse.